Welcome to Life in Balance. I'm Ken Miles, pastor of Kitchener-Waterloo Christian Fellowship. We all know that life can be hectic, and sometimes its demands can pull us off balance. The good news is that God has given practical insights in His Word for keeping life on an even keel, despite the pressures we may face. This program is designed to help us understand and apply God's wisdom in our everyday lives. Good Thursday, everyone. Over the last number of days, we have been talking about the gear that God has given us in order for us to be successful in life. It's listed in Ephesians chapter 6, articles of armor that we are to put on in order to withstand and overcome all the enemies that would come against us. We saw that the first article that we are to put on is the girdle of truth. When we put it on, we are determining to be honest and truthful in everything that we do. It overcomes deceitfulness. Deceitfulness is destructive in our life. Not just what other people do towards us to deceive us, but our own deceit within us is the most dangerous. Proverbs 17 and 20 says, He who has a deceitful heart finds no good. There is no benefit in being deceitful. It's the folly of fools to think that deceit will benefit them. It doesn't benefit us. It hurts us. It separates us from God. The Lord says in Psalm 101 and verse 7, He who works deceit shall not dwell within my house. He who tells lies shall not continue in my presence. And so this is a very important article that we need to put on. And we've seen that all the other articles of gear hang upon it. One of Satan's greatest tools against us is deceitfulness. The scripture says that he's the father of lies. And whenever we adopt this principle of lying, we become Satan's children. He's the father of lies, and when we use it, We become his offspring. I tell you, this is something we need to be serious about. Deceit is not only deliberate lies, but a mission of the truth. When Satan came to Eve, he asked the question, Did God say you shouldn't eat of the fruit in the garden? And will you surely die if you eat of it? Satan wants to hide the truth to lead us down the wrong path. Paul warns the Corinthians that he was fearful that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, that their minds may be corrupted. This is Satan's tactics. He did the very same thing with Jesus when he tempted him. He said to him, If you are the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. In other words, working on this aspect, if you're the Son of God, then you should have power, and you should be able to turn these stones into bread. After all, you're hungry. Why don't you go ahead and do it and prove once and for all that you are the Son of God? But Jesus didn't fall to this temptation. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And then he takes him up on the pinnacle of the temple. And notice what he says here. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. And now he even quotes scripture to him. Because it's written, He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. 
and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Again, see how Satan's misrepresenting the truth. He's actually using the scripture, but twisting it, trying to tempt Jesus to sin. So you see where our tendency comes from. Our human nature is fallen. We naturally are deceitful. Our heart is deceitful, the scripture says. But God wants to give us a new heart. He wants to change us. He doesn't want us to be children of the devil, but he wants us to be children of God. So the first thing we need to deal with is this deceitfulness that's within us. Deceitfulness can take so many forms. As I've said before, deliberate lies, defrauding people, beguiling people, or just twisting the truth, making a lie, actually stating the truth, but leaving a false impression. You know, in the early church, we find an example of this. God was moving, the church was growing, God's power was being manifest, and many of the people were moved, and they had property, and they sold it. And they brought it to the apostles and said, use this for the furtherance of the kingdom. And they did. Barnabas was one of the ones who did this. And Ananias and Sapphira, they had a piece of property. And they were similarly moved. And so it said that they sold the property. But something happened. Once they got the money in their hand, they changed. And I don't know why. Maybe they got more than what they thought they were going to get for it. But they concocted in their mind this plan, and it was a plan of deceit. They wanted to appear to be like everyone else. They didn't want to be thought less of, and yet they weren't willing to give the total amount of the property, as others had, to the apostles. And so they came up with this plan to say that they got less for it than they actually did, and then give that amount. In other words, if they sold it for 100000 they would say, well, we sold it for 70000 and then give the 70000 as if they're giving it all. And so they did this. And I'm sure they justified it in their minds by saying, listen, we're giving $70,000. I mean, we didn't have to. We're giving 70000 And we want to fit in with everyone else. So what's the harm in our doing this? Well, the Bible tells us what the harm was. Because when they brought it in before Peter, Peter, through the Holy Spirit, knew that they were being deceitful. And he says in Acts 5, in verse 3, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Now, this brings many things to light. You see, the source of every deception is Satan, because he's the father of lies. And Peter tells Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart? And you're not just lying to us, you're lying to the Holy Spirit. In other words, what you're doing is going against the grain of God. God is completely honest and completely truthful. And when we lie to someone, we're not just offending them, but we are offending the very nature of God himself. And there was a harsh penalty that came upon Ananias. 
It says in verse 5, Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. I tell you, great fear needs to come upon us anytime we are untruthful. Now, I'm not trying to stretch this out of its context, but I believe that there is a truth here that is very important to us. I'm glad the Lord is not bringing such immediate punishment upon his church today, or there wouldn't be very many of us left. But I want you to know it still offends his nature and his holiness, and death is the result of deception in our life. It may not be immediate physical death, but it may be death to a vision, death to our prosperity, death to our spirituality, death to what God wants to do in our life. I tell you, we do not want to follow in the footsteps of the father of lies. God wants to change us. He wants to transform us. Jacob is an example in the scripture of someone who started out being conniving and cunning and deceitful and was changed into someone that God could put his richest blessing upon. The meaning of the word Jacob is supplanter or deceiver. And that's not a good name to have. But that was his name and it described his nature. Right from the beginning, he was always grasping, trying to take something from someone else. And sometimes we justify our action because we have a good motivation. Jacob had a good motivation. He valued the blessing of the firstborn. And he wasn't. Esau was the firstborn. And Isaac, getting old, was going to bless his sons. And Jacob deceived his father into thinking he was Esau. He put the skin of goats on his arms so it would appear that he was hairy because Esau was a hairy man. He even put on Esau's clothes so that his smell would be like Esau. And he came in before his father, and his father said, Are you Esau? And he said, Yes, I am. And as a result, Isaac gave Jacob the blessing of God, the blessing of the firstborn. Now, we could say, Well, wasn't that good? Deception worked out for Jacob. In fact, he even had his mother complicit in it. And we could say, see, there are times that we should be deceitful. But the blessing of God did not follow immediately on Jacob's life. He was constantly struggling. He was constantly wrestling. And I'm not going to go into the whole story of Jacob, but you can read his history and how many times he tried to connive and and through cunning get ahead until finally it culminates with him wrestling with the angel of the Lord. And again, it's like his human effort. He's going to wrestle this angel and force a blessing out of him. And it says that the angel just touched his hip and it was dislodged and that he limped from that time forward. And that broke Jacob of his self-reliance and his own cunning and his own deceitfulness. And at that moment, God gave him a new name and said, from henceforth, you will be Israel. As a prince, you have power with God. You see this transformation that has to happen in us? We start off being deceptive, being deceitful, feeling that we have to make our own way and get ahead by our own cunning. But God wants us to put that off and just acknowledge who we are 
and just come to God and let him touch us. And when he does, like Jacob, we'll have power with God. It is far better to be just who you are than trying to be deceitful and be something that you're not. So don't let your name be Jacob. Don't be known as a person that's deceitful, that's always looking out for themselves, trying to take an advantage over someone else. You know, Isaac told Esau when he came in, he said, your brother came with deceit and has taken away your blessing. Anytime you try to get ahead at the expense of someone else, you're not going to prosper. It took God changing Jacob's heart. He had to be transformed. He had to come to the place where he realized that he couldn't do it on his own. It was only the power of God that could bring him to his destiny. It's as if when the angel touched Jacob's hip, he put on the girdle of truth. Well, that's the time we have for today, but we will continue tomorrow. I'm Ken Miles. Bye for now. Life in Balance is a ministry of KW Christian Fellowship. We are located at 1000 Bleams Road in Kitchener. Please join us this Sunday for one of our worship services, online at 1030 or in person at 8, 930 and 1130. Please register online as we are limited to 15% capacity. Go to our website at kwcf.org to check out all the details. We are living through difficult times right now, but the Bible tells us to cast all our care on Him, for He cares for us. So till next time, let God keep your life in balance.